This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Dora County Pulse podcast. My name is Deborah Fitzgerald and I'm editor of the Peninsula Pulse. And today I have two lovely women in the Bailey's Harbor studio. And their names are Rebecca Nicholson, who is the community connector with the Dora County Partnership for Children and Families, which is an internal program of the United Way. And Sophie Seelin, who is the Dora County Coordinator and Victim Advocate for the Sexual Assault Center through Family Services of Northeast Wisconsin. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having us. Ah, Thank you. So the reason we have gathered here today is because you have a pretty big event coming up in Sturgeon Bay on August 15th, and it's called the Hope Beyond the Hurt Conference. Correct. Okay. And so the point of the Hope Beyond the Hurt Conference is growing a resilient Dora County community. So that is the goal of that day-long event that you have been planning. Yes. Okay. So... Now, I did a story on this a little while back, and I found it really interesting because I went into that story thinking that this was about something something else, like that this was for people who are of a particular group of people, you know, certainly not me and certainly not my friends or family members. And I came out of that interview learning that the skills that you're going to be teaching at this conference are for anybody who has experienced trauma. And any human being, I learned from that conversation, has experienced trauma. Whether it is the loss of a job, or the loss of a friendship, or a divorce, or an accident, or something. It's not always this big, you know, dramatic event or an event that everybody recognizes as trauma. So that was really eye-opening for me. And so I thought it would be wonderful to be able to share that with our listeners so that they can understand too what this conference is and what skills it's trying to teach the rest of the community so that the entire community can become more resilient. So let's talk a little bit about the statistics. Every 11 minutes in 2020, someone in the United States died by suicide. And that was according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And also in the report, Suicide in Rural America. And suicide in rural America is definitely more prevalent and more of a problem because there aren't as many providers. That's correct. And I think in Dora County, that number is, what, one mental health provider for every 740 residents. Yep. That sounds crazy. Rebecca, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So really, it is very disheartening as a community member and as a service provider in Door County to hear that statistic and then see the actual repercussions of that. A lot of the families that I serve struggle deeply with a lot of different situations that come up in their lives and they're having challenges. And a big part of that is due to mental health concerns for their children. And they can stand to wait 
over a year to get a psychiatric evaluation for their child and then seek the necessary supports that they need to help their child, you know, navigate through their mental health illness challenges and learn the tools and strategies to deal with that, especially in school. Okay, so it doesn't actually, it's one odd thing, like when we talk about mental health, it's not health that we're actually talking about, it seems like. You know, we're not talking about the skills for health. I mean, we're talking about it as if, if, if you say you have a mental health issue, then people understand it to be that you have something wrong. You right. know what I mean? Right. Instead of, you know, a health outcome. So when we're talking about mental health issues and trauma, then it makes it sound almost like it isn't just you or I or anybody that we know. It's somebody with a mental health problem as opposed to, you know, a mental health, I don't even know what you would call it, like health of your, of your mind. So maybe I'm a little off base with that, like getting off track of, of where we are, but it's just always been even the rhetoric itself, like the words themselves seem to distance people from what mental health actually is. Can we talk a little bit about trauma, Sophie, and what it is that you do with trauma and how pervasive trauma is in the community? Yeah, so in my role as a victim advocate working with sexual assault survivors, I work with survivors directly, and then I also, if I'm working with a child, for example, I'm working with their family, so their parents, their siblings, and I'm providing support to all of them. And I work with them directly as they first get connected with us, whether that's with a law enforcement interview or they're disclosing to a counselor they're working with or someone. I work with them right away and throughout the whole process, whether it's investigation, legal process, whatever that might be. But I'm also providing that emotional support after they experience this specific traumatic event. But the traumatic event that they've experienced is as the primary victim, they're experiencing that, but then also those secondary victims, those parents, those family members, those loved ones who are supporting them, that's also traumatic, being that person supporting someone. And that doesn't mean that the primary victim is a burden to their loved ones, but the loved one may not have experienced that assault directly, but that's traumatic being a secondary victim, if that makes sense. Sure. And so kind of being aware of trauma and how it impacts people, whether it's through experiencing that direct traumatic event, having, as we were talking about before, mental health diagnosis. So sometimes after experiencing some of the clients I work with, many of my clients might be experiencing depression or anxiety triggers. And I'm working with them to provide support to them, helping them with coping skills and being able to kind of, this is their new reality. And so that doesn't mean that they are no longer quote unquote normal because this is their reality, just like anyone else with a mental health diagnosis. It's this is their reality and, and we're supporting them and how to live in this reality. And that it doesn't mean that they can't have a normal life or can't experience things that other people do. They might need to do other things to help support themselves and others around them might need to do something or be more aware of what trauma looks like, which is really the goal of this conference is to help people understand that trauma might not look like what you think it looks like. Sure. So it's helping people to understand that if someone has experienced something, even if it's not in your definition or understanding of what trauma is, it's still something that they're experiencing and they're trying to 
work through and live their lives. So helping people to be resilient and that makes sense. Yeah. So then this is one particular type of trauma that you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Can Mm -hmm. we get some numbers on that? Like how many in Dora County do you deal with? Yeah. So the numbers that we have for 2022, for example, we had for primary clients and secondary clients. So those primary clients, as I mentioned before, are the victims directly. And then the secondary victims are often if I'm working with a child and then I have their parents listed as clients as well as those primary victims. So for a total for our numbers in 2022, we had, I had 80 clients that were just from 2022. So that's not the clients that are coming from years prior either. That's just from 2022. So new, new, mm-hmm. new clients. Okay. Yeah. And so that's just for one particular kind of trauma. So then if we were to look at divorce statistics, perhaps, and, you know, the primary victims and the secondary victims or people who have lost their jobs, or I understand that moving is a really, really stressful trauma induced thing. You know, people have moved into the area, moved out of the area, moved into a new apartment. So adding those on top of it, Rebecca, with the types of clients that you have, how many more do you add and how many different types of trauma do you add? So in 2022, I had 30 new families come. Families. Yes. So I work primarily with families. Mm -hmm. So yes, in 2022, I had 30 new families come and ask for some support of some sort. And they're very varied as to what their needs are. And I would consider probably 99.9% of the families that I, I work with have trauma and I'm you know like I explain trauma with anxiety of what's going on because you know I'm getting them when they can't pay their rent because one of the parents is injured or there was a separation in the family for whatever reason their hours are cut at work it could be a number of reasons so they're really stressed when they come to me and I'm there to try to help connect them so that I can try to reduce that or mitigate that effect of anxiety and feeling alone. I don't know if I'm answering your question. You are. Anxiety and feeling alone is, you know, definitely another pervasive, I would say, condition. And it's one that the U.S. Surgeon General of the United States actually considers loneliness a public health crisis. So the fact that there is a resource like you that can connect them with the support systems that they need is is really important for a community. I mean, I would think right there, it helps to give people the skills that they need to be able to endure these different types of life events that are happening to them. So you had 30 families coming to you, which is not an insignificant number of people in a small community like ours. Right. Is it largely from the city? Do they come from all over the peninsula? The majority of the families that I work with are from Sturgeon Bay, sure. Southern Door. I get less referrals from the northern part of the county. I am working on more outreach so that I can make sure that they are aware sure. that I'm here. I work a lot with the school districts, so I have had some a couple families from like the Gibraltar School District and Washington Island is 
really starting to hear more and more about what we're doing. And so we're working to collaborate with them more to make sure that their families are supported as well. Okay. And I can, I can say that one thing that has recently happened to us here at the Peninsula Pulse, one of our coworkers was in a head-on collision and is in the hospital even as we speak with, with many broken bones. And just the idea of, you know, trying to pull in all of the support that we can possibly give to her during this time. And I, you know, spent a number of hours doing that and will continue to do so. But I was thinking during that time, I wish there were a resource that I could go to to make sure that I'm covering all of the different, you know, needs that that this person will have and that we have as we try to, you know, provide that support. It sounds like in that same kind of way you are a resource for these parents i mean who have some kind of crisis in their in their life right so given the example you gave me had i received the referral for that family for instance then i would work with them on you know making sure that they're connected to any crisis resources that are available to them in our county i would make sure that they're connected with mental health supports because that is a very traumatic experience, I'm sure, for them, and also to the people that are around them. So making sure they're supported that way. Anything that we can do to mitigate what has happened and the symptoms of that, that's what I I would do. And I can walk alongside them. So some of who I work with are uncomfortable calling resources themselves. Mm. So then what I will do is I will contact the resource for them and then create like a soft handoff, sometimes even meet with them in the resource for the first appointment, just so that they're comfortable. And I'm also modeling for them advocacy skills as well as resourcefulness in themselves. And a lot of times what happens is you'll see that they will actually, you know, come back later, I'll check in on them and they'll be like, yeah, things are going so much better. And, you know, it was such a huge help for you to do that. And actually, I had a friend that was going through something similar, so I was able to help them. And sometimes they'll even send their friends my way. So that's really a good example of how having someone in the community like myself or or others that can help support, be natural supports for folks, can then create a ripple effect and build resiliency in the community. I mean, that's a very good example. So then there really sounds like there's no situation that you can't at least give you know, like what you call the soft handoff to somebody. I mean, no matter what kind of event is causing somebody anxiety. And also there's probably a lot of people who think, well, I don't have trauma. I mean, trauma is something really big. It's something, you know, that, that really big life events, like the victims that you deal with, you know, Sophie, for instance, but trauma, you know, isn't a capital T trauma all the time. I mean, so it's anything that gives a person anxiety. Anything that they feel overwhelmed by, any kind of life event that they just feel like they don't have the resources to handle. Am I on track with that? Absolutely. Okay. So that is something, that is a resource right there that we all should know that that is available within our community. Through United Way and through Rebecca in particular, are you the only person who works in that little segment of United Way? 
Sure. So the Door County Partnership for Children and Families is an internal program of the United Way of Door County. And I do have one coworker, Chad Welch, okay. and he is an impact coordinator for education. So where I am available to connect folks to resources, he works with parents on building connections between one another and also on some educational opportunities to, you know, just add more tools to the tool belt for parents on raising children because we know that's a difficult feat and no child comes with, how do they say that? No child comes with a handbook. So every child is different. So Chad is a major resource in that realm where he can really support parents in raising children. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. So then you hear anybody who's listening to this, that there's only three people that are dealing with these kinds of, Sophie, with your type of traumatic events. Now, you deal with other counties as well, right? Not just Door? So Family Services, as you mentioned, is um, Northeast Wisconsin. So the center that I work for is a program within Family Services, the Mm -hmm. Sexual Assault Center. And we provide services in Door, Brown, Ocano, and Marinette counties. So I'm the only advocate in Door County. Though. Okay. So we in our in our northern counties we have one advocate and county coordinator. So I'm the Door County coordinator and victim advocate for Door County, but then we also serve other counties. Okay. So I guess the point remains that there are just too few people who are out there available, which is why having a conference like this to help people develop resiliency on their own so that they can help their friends neighbors, family members is so important. Correct. And is that why you decided to have this conference? Can we talk about that? Sure. So this stems back for several years, actually. So the county was working with the state of Wisconsin on trauma-informed care and bringing that into providing service to Mm -hmm. clients. That's where this all started. And our county, Door County, developed a committee and an internal process and policy around trauma-informed care for those receiving services through their county programs. That committee then was expanded to include community members and partner organizations like my own. And talking about creating a trauma-informed care culture within Door County. And so we've been doing a lot of work around that, having lunch and learns trying to get the word out about what trauma-informed care is, what trauma is. What is trauma-informed care? So trauma-informed care is kind of a shift in perspective when working with clients and also just neighbor to neighbor. Like you may experience someone behaving in a certain manner, but instead of passing judgment on them, you may take a step back and say to yourself, what might they be going through and is there a way that I could assist them or support them rather than stepping back and saying, I don't want anything to do with them because obviously there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. So changing the question from what's wrong with you to what happened to you, Hmm. that's really the premise of trauma-informed care. Okay. So then it sounds like compassion. Yes. And like 
shifting to the ability to walk in somebody else's shoes and try and, you know, meet them where they are as opposed to judge the outcome of where they are. Absolutely. Okay. Sure. So that was one of the aspects. So you're trying to bring more of that to the community. And, yes. Okay. And in this work, we also realized that while we are informing the public and trying to build a culture of trauma-informed care, we should also be bringing up the resilience piece of that too. So, okay, we're telling you what trauma-informed care is, but also there's this other piece called resilience that's super important because resilience and trauma sit on a teeter-totter. And the more resilient strategies you have, the less strength trauma poses on your life. So trying to assist our community in learning the strategies and tools to build resilience in themselves, those around them, and within the community is going to mitigate the trauma effects that we have on our community. And trauma is a rippling effect process. So it just like with the accident that you brought up, yes. not only is it affecting the victim of the accident, it's affecting your life as you support them. It's affecting any family members that they have, their employer. It just ripples out into the community. Right. And yeah, I can definitely attest to that. I mean, there are, we're just heartbroken. I mean, just so thankful that she's, that she's okay. But yes, I mean, it is definitely something that we're spending, you know, a lot of time with and, and willingly so. But if you don't navigate that type of crisis or a trauma on a regular basis, then that just adds to the anxiety because you can't feel, you, you don't feel like you're, you know, being most efficient with it. Like there's got to be a better way to, you know, pull all these things together. You were talking a little bit about that, Sophie, about how those things ripple out into the community yeah. from just one event. And you probably see that better than most people. Yeah, and kind of how you mentioned, it's amazing that she has this support in her work environment and that you guys are kind of all working as a team to provide that support to her while she's healing and going through what she's going through. And that's something that employers aren't always, like employers in the mental health field might be thinking about trauma, but employers that aren't in the mental health field, that might not be something that they're always considering. Some might, but not always. And so, for example, if I'm working with a client and they are wanting to be up to date with what's going on with the court process or law enforcement needs to have a follow-up interview with them or now they're seeking counseling because this is this is a lot to be processing and to be going through and so they want that additional support well employers aren't necessarily going to be understanding right away or understanding at all about that someone might need to take off of work to go to a court hearing or needs to meet with law enforcement and certain time might work best for the investigator, but and the investigators are understanding and flexible as well, but kind of finding that time of having the employer be understanding too that this needs to be done in a certain amount of time sometimes. Right. So, And, and unless they have a professional human resources department, which mm -hmm. we don't have, then they're trying to figure it out on their own. So would a conference like this be good for members of, you know, like for businesses? to come to learn about resiliency? Sure, absolutely. What they're going to get out of this conference is an ability and strategies and tools and a shift in perspective on compassion mm. and also building resilience in themselves because as an employer, 
you have deadlines to meet, let's face it, especially mm-hmm. in our industrial park, you know, in those yeah. types of businesses. Or a newspaper. And a newspaper, <laughs> yes, of course. So there's an extra level of anxiety added on when you have a member of your team that is struggling, right? So you want to be there to support them. You also want to make sure that you're okay and try to shift the culture within your company a little bit to have some compassion around that and Maybe there's some strategies that need to be put in place when someone's going through a crisis. Okay, well, what's our plan B? Mm. And, you know, maybe some of our organiz- or our industrial park or any business or the newspaper has that in place yet. But if not, that's something they can look at doing. Right. But this conference is for everybody that lives in Door County, that provides services in Door County, that works in Door County. That's who we want to come to this conference. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the takeaways. Like, so this conference is a day long, and we'll get into the details, you know, at the end of this podcast. But you do have a pretty, pretty cool speaker coming to talk to people. Would you want to talk a little bit about that? The sure. keynote? Yes, Tamara Omen. So Tamara has a ton of lived experience around traumatic events as a child, and then you know, taking the path towards addiction and spending time in prison and then recovery. And then somehow this wonderful woman (laughs) was able to pull herself up and actually start working on supporting other women in the prison, looking at working with the prison system on developing different ways of doing things and advocating for systems change at the state level. And she is actually now a statewide director for Expo of Wisconsin. And she is a proponent of systems creating a recovery culture that includes trauma-informed care. And she also strives to empower each community that she speaks in and will leave us with a collective call to action in which she'll ask each of the attendees at our conference to commit to making a positive change in their daily life to benefit our community, utilizing the tools and knowledge that they'll be gaining at the conference with us. And we're super excited to have her because she's high energy, she's fun, she's, you know, just direct and straightforward, but she's a hoot. And we're just, we're having so much fun planning this conference with her. And we're so excited to have her come and be part of our conference. We're just so excited to have her. Well, and it sounds like she personifies resiliency. I mean, obviously, she has learned quite a few things on her own to be able to overcome some of the challenges that you just talked about that she's had in her life. So that should be very interesting. So in terms of the skills that people will learn, like the resiliency skills that they might learn, can you talk about that, Sophie, a little bit? Like what people might take away? Yeah, so I think we can probably both talk a little bit about, so attendees will be developing like strong understanding of resilience through the different breakout sessions within the conference and and what it looks like and yeah okay and kind of getting that better understanding of trauma and all the different varieties of trauma but then having that resilience perspective that trauma-informed care perspective Mm -hmm. to be able to utilize that with people that are in their lives but then within themselves as well to kind of as we've been talking create that resilience community within Door County. So they're going to be getting different tools and learning different language that we kind of use that we might be used to using on a daily basis with the work that we're doing, but people might not be used to the different tools and language that we're talking about. So this will be an opportunity to kind of learn in more 
detail what that looks like and how they can kind of take that away from the conference and use that in their lives. Okay, cool. Now, one of the things that I think is really important to point out, and again, this is just, you know, the these are statistics. You all see the humans behind these statistics and are working with them in your daily lives as your careers. And yet they're still stunning when you even consider what these statistics are. Like this in the 2021 Door County Youth Risk Behavior Survey, it showed that 50% of Door County High School students, 50%, and 48% of middle school students reported anxiety, with 30% of high school students and 29% of middle school students reporting depression. And that is just astonishing to me. I mean, as an adult, of course, there's the immediate reaction of why would a child need to be depressed about anything? But of course, that's just not even remotely where we are today in the 21st century. So those are statistics that I think every parent would want to take note of. Because even if they think that their child is not one of those, then their child is certainly interacting with a school full or half full of children who have anxiety. That kind of an environment is going to have an impact on those children as well. So I remember that you said that, you know, it's kind of easy to get the people who are working in the field to come to conferences like this, not so much parents or the public, right? Right, that's correct. Yeah, so, and this is, you know, something that you're really pushing for with this conference. It's not your first one. You had one right before COVID, right? Yes. Okay. What was that one about? That conference was focused on trauma-informed care specifically. Okay. So more information on the different types of trauma and trauma-informed care. This conference is shifted to the resilience side. I can speak as a parent personally. I have a lot of lived experience with my children having mental health challenges over the years. My daughter is a freshman in high school this year. Well, she'll be a sophomore. And those statistics are not surprising to me, Mm. mainly because I've been living through that with my daughter, with her own anxiety and depression, but also her peers are struggling too. Our children are really struggling, you know, after COVID especially. They were already struggling before, but they're really struggling now. And this is really the time for our community to get together and collectively start supporting and healing one another. And that's what this conference is a start to. And so that's why we really want our community members and our parents and families at this conference. We need them at the table. We want them to be there. They will no judgment at all. We just want to work together and try to build resilience in this community together and grow and get stronger. Okay. So now the conference is called Hope Beyond the Hurt, and it is going to be held August 15th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Stone Harbor Resort in Sturgeon Bay. And the registration, it's $45 per person. And that cost includes a continental breakfast, a box lunch, all-day popcorn machine. I mean, people are going to go for that, right? And the wellness lounge, a snack, a swag bag, and there's free on-site childcare provided. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. So where can they learn more about how to register and how to be a part of this conference? Sure. So they can go to unitedwaydc.com. 
And right on the homepage is a banner ad for the conference that they would click on, which will then take them to all the information about the conference, how to register, the button to register. And I also want to add that if cost is a barrier for anyone, please reach out. There is instructions on the website on how to reach out. If you're comfortable, I hope that you are. No judgment. We want everybody there. But there is some scholarship funds available to help waive the fee for the conference to attend it. So you heard from Rebecca right there that they want everybody to be there. But what if they can't be there in person for that particular day? Yeah, so we still have the trauma-informed care community group that we meet monthly that Rebecca and myself are both a part of and that planned this conference. So if anyone does want more information on trauma-informed care, resilience, or have a specific question of you wanting to learn more or your organization wanting to learn more, feel free to get in contact with us. You can contact Rebecca directly and learn more from our group. Okay. And that would be at the website, the United Way website, correct? They can fill out the contact form on the United Way website, or they can email me at Rebecca at UnitedWayDC.com, or my phone number is 920-421-3145. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca and Sophie, for joining me today on the Dora County Pulse podcast. And best of luck with your conference. And and thanks for doing that for the Dora County community. You're listening to the Dora County Pulse podcast. My name is Deborah Fitzgerald. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.